body telling me yes telling me yes your eyes are now news talk radio cjad 800 gives you solo in the city with cheryl desner Hi, everybody. Solo in the City. I'm Cheryl Besner, your host on Solo in the City. And you know me. I'm your love coach. And I'm also, if you want, your matchmaker. If you want, tonight we are live. So you can call us 790-0800 or... You can also text. We are in that technological age where everybody likes to text. So 8255 is the number for you all night long here. So tonight's show, well, can money buy you love? You know, there was a song about that. Money can't buy me love. Well, we're going to find out tonight, can it? And how important is money in our relationship world, in our dating world, and also in our own development. Because one of the things that we are going to talk about is I'm sure you, like me, if you were coming out of a long-term relationship, you had to all of a sudden handle a household that you might have had a partner helping you with and balancing things with. And I know for me, it was a little bit stressful taking hold of my financial world. So we're going to address that as well tonight, you know, how to make it a little easier. And my guest tonight is going to help you understand and uh, give you some of those tips. And we have a few other guests here tonight. So lots to talk about. But Starting off, as always, I want to go into my inbox. Today, it was um, Amy who I chose to read, and she wrote in and said this, Cheryl, I recently met a guy online who lives in LA. We have been talking for around a month, and we seem to be perfect for each other. I love that perfect part, by the way. He has finally asked me to come visit, and I booked a ticket immediately on my card, and he suggested, as he suggested, and he told me he would pay me back for the amount when I got there. He is going to pick me up at the airport, and we will spend the weekend together. I was so excited until a friend busted my bubble and told me I was, quote, an idiot for going, and he is probably a scam. I really want to go, but she has put doubts in my head. What should I do? So I have to tell you, Amy, and for anybody else who's in this position, you know, when we are online and we do meet people, and that's part of the new way of dating is that we don't have to date the person next door. We can date people in the next county, in the next state, in the next city, or across continents. But we have to be smart. So your friend telling you this, and I don't exactly know how she put it, but this is what I'm going to tell you. There's nothing wrong with making a decision to go meet somebody that you think you've connected with. First thing is, I hope that when you say you've been communicating for a month, that you're doing more than just emailing back and forth. Again, this day and age, you have FaceTime. You know, you should be making sure that the person you're communicating with is actually the person you're going to meet on the other end. I can't stress that enough. Now, when you get on a plane to go somewhere to another city, and I don't know if you've been to LA or any city, it doesn't matter where you're going. When you do a trip like that, first of all, I think it's great that you paid for it yourself because this way nobody owes you anything. Okay. And if at the end you decide to let him pay you back because that's what he wants to do, that's very gallant, that'll be your choice. But here's the thing. Don't let him pick you up at the airport. I know it's going to sound crazy, but tell him you're going to go to a hotel. 
you take a hotel room. He can book it for you if you want, but you take a hotel room so that this way there is no pressure because you can get there and it could be a scam. It could You could get there and find you have nothing in common and don't want to spend the weekend together. I've run into this with clients where that's exactly what happened and they basically turned around after the first drink and said, okay, this was a big mistake. Make sure that you have enough funds. Make sure that you know where you're going. Tell him, you know what? It's going to be a long trip. When we meet, I want to be fresh as a daisy, and I'm going to go to my hotel. I'm going to check in. I'm going to take a shower and get ready, and then uh, let's meet for lunch, a cocktail, whatever it is that you want to do. But get yourself there, because getting into a car with a total stranger in a city that you do not live is dangerous. So your friend is right. Also, make sure that somebody knows where you're going and who that person is. So let's talk a little bit about dating news. This was something actually, um, I want to say, I have an excitement uh, myself this week that um, my son got engaged. And I just happened to come across this article. And it was about putting a ring on it. And it was a whole article um, in the Gazette a while back, and it was talking about who gets the ring if you call off the wedding. And there has been, believe it or not, many lawsuits where people take the other person to court because either he wants it back and she feels that he's breaking it up and she should keep the ring, or she's breaking it off and he feels he should get the ring back. Anyway, this article, which was in the Gazette, um, this is dating back to July, July 12th, if you want to pull it up. Um, they were talking about the fact that it's very unclear, and the, the judges and the courts prefer to stay out of this, but they do say in some states and in some cities, there are certain laws that say, depending on who broke it off, gets the ring. Some some courts have ruled in favor of the fact that if a ring has been taken, that it is a gift. And the gift is a gift no matter what. And then There's those judges who kind of feel taking a ring is saying, I'm promising to marry you. And if that promise is broken, the ring goes back. This is always a consideration, by the way, when you're passing off rings, especially that are from family members. And I think when it comes to that, that's the one thing that anybody getting engaged should consider. What happens if the engagement gets broken? Or even what if you are married and you do decide to get divorced someday? What happens to that family heirloom if it came from the husband's side? I know how I feel about it. I think heirlooms get passed down to families. And to me, if I'm wearing somebody's um, ring from the family that's been passed down and passed down, I would want it to go to somebody else within that family and keep it there. So that's the dating news. So I want to really introduce my guest very quickly to you. Her name is Lisa McKenzie. She is, I love this, the chief bliss instigator at Blissonomics. And she's also a social marketing strategist and a teacher at Concordia University. Lisa, welcome to Solo in the City. Thank you, Cheryl. Thanks for having me here. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasure because you know what? I think that there's so many 
kind of divisions that happen when it comes to money and relationships. And there's so many different elements to talking about it from the dating world all the way to the divorce world. Mm -hmm. And and, um, I'm hoping you're going to be able to fill us in a lot and kind of relieve the stress and pressure for a lot of our listeners. I think that's a great point. I mean, when you said, you know, all the way from from birth. I mean, like, there's some families that don't even talk about money. I think that's the biggest point. I think that people should be more open to talking about money. I mean, I've had best friends for life. I don't know how much they make. And that was always a taboo. I don't know, growing up in we never talked about salaries, we never talked. But then if you talk to millennials, they'll be, you know, straight out, they'll talk about how much money they're making or what their bonus was. So I think the more that we open the conversation, and the more that we talk about money on many different levels, um, I think we become more comfortable with it. So that's what we're going to do tonight. We are going to open up this discussion to you. Remember, 7900800 or star 8255. Get involved with us on this topic. Can money buy you love? And how to balance it within our love lives. Here on Solon City on CJAD 800. Solo in the City with Cheryl Besner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Did she get that job she Solo in the City, I am Cheryl, your host. Remember tonight, 790-0800 or star 8255 here on CJAD. You can reach us and get involved in this conversation. I also want to take a second to remind you that if ever you need to reach out to me, you can. I have a hotline, or as I call it, the love line, 844-744-SOLO. And I really do try and get back to everybody within 24 hours. So let's get back into this conversation. Tonight, we are talking about love and money and how they kind of work with each other and maybe balance out our love life, no pun intended, but yes, the pun intended as far as balancing things out. And joining me in studio is Lisa McKenzie. Again, she is from Blissonomics and also a social media maven. Oh, um, that's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> so... Lisa, we were talking very briefly about finding the balance, finding communication, and um, how to do it. And you were saying even there's a big difference between people who are in their 50s and divorced with kids versus the millennials and how honest and open they're they're being with these conversations, Mm -hmm. right? I love the millennials. I I just I, I think I'm a, an inner millennial. On the outside, I'm maybe a boomer, but inside, I just love their their honesty, their transparency, and and the fact that they. This is one of the best things that I love about them. They value experiences more than money and more than things. I find. Well, it's interesting you say that because one of the things, though, with millennials, and this is the, you know, something that I wrestle with when I'm I'm engaged with the millennials in different discussions, and I've hosted panels with them as well. But they get so focused on the fact that they think that they can not balance a relationship while they're trying to achieve financial success 
to whatever that level is for themselves, right? right? They're, they're so focused on it, and especially in some bigger cities like New York, Montreal, right. Toronto. Right. The rise of these millennials who are going into their 40s and not married, they're, they're not connecting the fact that you can do both. And more and more when I'm talking to people, they're saying, well, I, I don't really want to think about that right now. Like, I, I want to focus on my work. I want to focus on my work. And it's not working for them because they are turning around and realizing I don't I'm not in a relationship and I'm in my late 30s and early 40s. But that's such an interesting point because is that nature or nurture? Did they learn that from watching their parents? Did they learn that from their environment or are they con- they're it's just their convinced? environment now? I I think I think you know well a lot of the millennials the parents were from the demographic where you know, women's lib right. and becoming independent. And it's kind of taking it to the next level. And now because a lot of these millennials are achieving whatever financial success is important to them, whether it's, you know, $30,000 a year or right. $200,000 right. a year, what's happened is they they feel I don't need the man. And they're so stuck on not needing the man or not needing the woman that they don't even necessarily want to compromise anything in their life to have a relationship. And the compromise is really about the time and prioritizing their love life in there. And I don't know do what you f- you're seeing, because you also teach yes. at Concordia, so yes. you're seeing a lot of this there. I would and think. do you find that they, when you say they don't have a relationship, a love relationship, do you find that these same people that you're talking to have friendships, lots of friendships, lots of and friendships. that's satisfying enough? Yeah. And for them, well, it's satisfying enough, but then they'll say, well, I'd like to meet somebody. Right. Well, if you want to meet somebody, then you do have to, you know, make room for that. You have to prioritize that a little bit. We're talking about love and money and the correlation between the two here on Solon City on CJAD 800 tonight. Remember, star 8255 if you want to text us or call 790-0800. So Lisa, one of the things for me that was important was I know when I got divorced, there were so many things that I had to take care of, you know, the kids, the house. And then all of a sudden, you have a financial responsibility and, you know, balancing things for yourself and worried about your future you know maybe as a as a partner you whether you were both contributing to the household now all of a sudden you're in your household and you only have one income how do you think is the best way for somebody to start I mean I I I know that I kind of panicked a little bit and I I had to take a learn to take a deep breath about it but how do you think somebody should start taking control of that aspect um, of their life. Somebody who's already in a relationship or somebody who just got out of one. And, right. You know, especially like long term. Right. That can be very scary to your point. Exactly. If they're not in the habit of, of balancing the books, if they're not in the habit of, of either I meet so many women and I'm so curious about this subject. So I often and I'll tell people, look, if I'm if if I'm asking questions out of, out of line, you know, stop me. But what's it like in your house? And I'm curious to hear that a lot of women um, have separate bank accounts and they contribute, you know, they agree uh, in a relationship, they agree on a specific amount and they contribute equally. But when that other person leaves and they find themselves, it's, 
it definitely is very challenging because they have to cut back or they have to, you know, in some cases they have to actually leave their home. Ooh, so. Yeah. yeah. Um, it is very challenging, but at the same time, it's very empowering. Right. Because now you have control over your finances. Now you're making the decisions, um, but still scary. Mm-hmm. So, so for instance, if somebody were getting divorced um, or got divorced and they're living you know, in a home that they are selling. Do you work with your clients and help them strategize as to how much they should invest in the next home versus, uh, no? No. So what we do at Blissonomics is really giving, um, and I work predominantly with women, Mm -hmm. but teaching women how to find that bliss spot within them so that they can start a career or they can develop a brand of their own and purpose. And it comes from purpose because there's so many people that I speak to, men and women, who hate their jobs, who hate their lives and have never really tapped into their purpose to know, you know, what's the next 10, what's the next 15, 20, 30 years going to look like from them. So we really help them you know, understand what that is and take off from there. And that could be the woman who just, you know, came out of a relationship or a 20-year-old who wants who wants to live a different life than her parents, mm-hmm. right? Who who sees her parents are miserable because they never did what they what their heart's desire was. Right. And and I and I think it's about also for a lot of people how to, you know, decide about um, you know, insurance and, and life insurance and, and all these things that come to you. And then you you have to make a budget. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the biggest thing for people, right? Right now is, is finding that blissful budget where you can live your life yes. the way you want to yes. and how much you need on top. Well, the great thing with, with my network, at least, is I'm so connected to so many people, having worked with so many people over the last 10 years, is that it's very easy to connect with them with the specialist and the experts in that field um, and to work with them, you know, outside of the community of Blissonomics, but to work with them to really set that path. Because what they're missing at that point is confidence. They're yeah. just out of a relationship and they need to feel empowered again. And I I can say from my own personal experience again because I you know I I learn and I study and I research, but a lot of it comes from within. And I know that for me that was the very scary part. You know where do you go from here and where do you invest yourself? And I think what you you and I talked about, and I know you talk about this a lot, is finding that purpose and. When, there, when it comes to even a breakup, one of the things that I always encourage my clients to talk about is finding their purpose. Because when we, when we find something that makes us grow, we get our confidence. Absolutely. So, so healing your heart is really, and moving on, is really finding your next purpose. Yes. Um, and purpose changes, right? right? You might have a purpose when you're in your 20s, a different one in your 30s, and so on. But you know, to the point of, of money, happiness, and love, when you're out of a relationship and when you want to find that special person, um, it's it's not healthy unless you've done the work on yourself to find that inner happiness, to bring it to the relationship. Because if not, then you're chasing money. Then you're doing those things that are ever going to bring you happiness, you know, in the end anyway. And chasing money is really never the 
the answer because when you do something you love, you're going to be happy. And when you're doing something that you love and you're happy, you will make money. We are talking today with Lisa and we're talking about love and money and balancing it right here on Solo in the City on CJAD 800. Stay with us. What would I do without your smart mouth Drawing me in and you kicking me out You've got my head spinning No kidding, I can't pin you down What's going on in that beautiful mind I'm on your magical mystery ride I keep on falling You're listening to Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Sometimes I love you. I love that song. Sometimes I love you. I'm going to love talking about our topic tonight all night. It's love and money and how the two work together. We're talking about this and being joined in studio by Lisa McKenzie from Listenomics. And also we have another guest joining us right now. His name is David Bronstein, and he is a man about town. Uh, gentlemen, two children, and has a devilishly cute smile and single ladies. So <laughs> welcome to the show, David. Welcome. Thanks, Cheryl. So we're talking about... Um, money and relationships and you know we've been talking about the millennials and how it's different and also about finding you know balance within ourselves and taking over um our our financial situations for people who are divorced later in life i like david you you were married and and mm -hmm. you got divorced mm -hmm. did you find a big shift for yourself about all of a sudden you know, having to divide things up, start over again, balance out, and now you're a single person supporting a house and children somewhere else. That's right. Yeah. Well, uh, in the first essence of getting divorced, of course, I had to, you know, adapt to the fact of being a single father mm -hmm. and raising two children, two girls, also to add, right? So that's karma. And, <laughs> and to top it all off, I had to also, you know, as a man, as we all know, I mean, you have to pay right as a divorce so not only did i have to carry the financial burdens of the kids well i want to call it burden that's a bad word but the, you know the financial responsibilities of the children i also had to attain to paying the ex and making sure that everything was in line with the law and whatever so it did take a huge toll on me and it was a rough couple of years mm -hmm. not to lie but i managed just for the sake of being a good father towards my children and that's the major responsibility in which i needed to do obtain so you know i luckily i have a good job and i'm able to carry that but still it it doesn't you know it still it still carries to this day that i'm still gonna be a single father looking after these kids for myself and which is interesting because um before we got on air i i just want to say that um david made a comment and you said just now you know i have a good job but you were saying a lot of people look at a single guy with mm -hmm. two kids and go He's broke. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Assumptions. Oh boy, divorce, a right? uh, drama, and also a very low bank account, especially with spousal and all that. Yeah, it's true. You do run into that stigma. It's and I and I want to say, you know, um, to to you and to everybody that 
I loved hearing the male point of view on this because it works on both sides. Mm -hmm. You know, women are all of a sudden from a couple and have to support the household, the kids, um, possibly getting an alimony, possibly getting, you know, um, um, child support. Because right. it, it's not for everybody. And it, and sometimes it works the reverse way too, right? This is equal opportunity. If the woman's making more, it's often the woman who is paying out. So we don't always look at what the other side goes through, right? Mm -hmm. and, and having to give up part of their their wealth, that they've accumulated mm -hmm. and they've accumulated it together. You mm -hmm. know, you, you do this together. Uh, I have one woman uh, who just wrote in and she says, my hubby of 26 years and I paid for everything. I lost my job and he left me. I have nothing. Ouch. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes people say that, you know, that's what happens when it's the man who loses the job, the woman leaves, you know, so that's, I, uh, that's why I want to focus again on the fact that it works on both sides that's true. of the coin, right? Yeah. It's true, though, because I actually know two people who actually depended on their wives as their, if you want to call it, quote unquote, sugar mamas. And when they got a divorce, he was broken. She ended up, they ended up, the woman ended up paying him. Right. right, and then she went through the soul, you know, the financial problems that everybody else goes through. Every man, you know, in the general sense. But no, it really uh, it, it can go both ways. But yeah, money has a lot to do with it. So you know, for money can buy you love, like your title. Yeah. Sometimes it can, or sometimes it can keep it together or break it apart. Well, you talk about that often, Lisa. Also, is that it? It doesn't necessarily keep you together, right? Because it 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 buys you options. Or it, freedom, it, that I call it, but yeah. it doesn't necessarily, it, it can't be the bond between you. Absolutely not. And and to the point of the, the story that you, you know, you just mentioned, this, um, Drea, one person, you know, losing their job. And I, I, I find it hard to believe that it's because they lost their job. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly, there must have been something in the relationship that that loss of the job, and I've heard it from, you know, both ends, men losing their job, women losing their job, there was something in the relationship prior to that. And, you know, that losing the job was was that last bit. Love and money here on CJAD Solo in the City. Well, in, in reference to that, and also because earlier we were talking about millennials mm -hmm. and, and the difference. So interesting and then this woman who wrote that she lost her you know that they paid for everything together um or actually she's saying i paid for everything and lost my job and then he left so she was obviously okay. major breadwinner from what i'm gathering from this but then there is the other part there's two people who get together and i can say this from my perspective was two people get together you're 20 something years old and you both contribute equally but one has a larger income Right. And then if you use up one person's uh, salary to pay a lot of the bills, which a lot of people seem to do, if God forbid something happens down the road, that person has never banked any money mm -hmm. on their own. They don't have a savings where the other person who has a larger income might have done so. So. I can tell you that with some of the people that I've worked with, we talk about the fact of having these conversations before and come, and I, so I want your opinion on this, Lisa, come to a sliding scale of who's contributing. And it's not necessarily just because you're a couple and you're supposed to be 50-50 in your relationship, even though I always say you have to both be 100%. But right. if you're both contributing 50-50, that doesn't necessarily work if one 
is earning three times the amount of the other. It should then be a ratio, a sliding scale. So you both have independence, you both have a savings, and you're both contributing to the household. What do you think about that, Lisa? I think it's so different for every couple. I mean, it depends on the maturity level when they enter a relationship. It depends on so many things. It depends on family. I mean, how you were raised. We always talked about money. My mother always told me, you have to have a stash. Like I was, and I have a stash. My husband doesn't know how much I have in my little stash. Oh, we don't talk like, about okay, Her stash. husband happens to be in the studio. I'm looking over there to see his expression right now as we talk about love and money on Solo in the City. Unhappiness. <laughs> He's always... going home to try and find that stash, Lisa. <laughs> yeah. You should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> it's not in the house. No, he knows. We talk about the oh, little stash. Oh, it's not stash. in the mattress. Okay. No, no, no. But, um, you know, having heard all the horror stories, you know, from my mother's friends about he left me and I, I don't have a cent. My mother, you know, prior to getting married, she said, you have to have a little money on the side because you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, what if he walks out or what if something happens and you, you're alone with the kids or it's that little bit of emergency money, right? But it's so different from, I tell my girlfriends, you have to have a little bit of emergency money. And they're like, what? No one ever told me this. That's why it's so important to have these conversations. And my daughter's going into grade 11. And this year in Quebec or I can't speak for all of Quebec, but at least in Montreal, they're making financial education mandatory. I love that. That's so important because now they're going to grow up having those conversations about what do we do when we get married and how do we, you know, how do we save for something? We didn't you know have what else I think up. that I think they should do in school? I, and, and you have two daughters, David, so I, you can comment on this one. But I think not only should they be doing things like that in school, but to teach young people now how to connect and communicate, I think we should be doing... Emotional intelligence. Well, emotional intelligence. And I also think that they have to learn the art of, and uh, and hold your hats on this one, the art of the touch. Like, in other words, social dance. Like, bring back dance classes into it where they get to, to understand that touching doesn't have to be sexual, mm-hmm. okay? and And embracing each other and looking eye to eye in each other and I've actually talked about this actually with the school boards and everything because I think that we're learning we're we're not learning anymore how to connect without it just being a sexual thing which is happening a lot in the schools too unfortunately my daughters are only eight and six, so I really hope they don't learn that now. <laughs> the well, last thing I want to know is that my daughters are learning how to touch people at eight and six. But, you know, you, there was also, let's not forget, there's also the things your mother used to tell you, their daughters, or, you know, find a rich man. Uh, mm. Yeah, but that, that goes yeah. out the, the window. We are talking about love and money, and we're going to continue to do so here. Remember, 790-0800 or star 8255 if you want to be part of this conversation here on Solo in the City on CJAD 800. So your mother never told you. Yeah, they thought that you was a shagger until I made you my girl. Now you push me like a big boy. Till I cut you like you did something. You ain't gotta wait for it. You ain't gotta wait for me to give you my love. You ain't gotta wait for it. Things like getting sticky, girl. I think that I'm stuck. This is Solo in the City with Cheryl Vesner on News Talk Radio, CJAD 800.
Solo in the City tonight. I'm Cheryl Besner, your love coach and your matchmaker. We're still here for you, star 8255 or 7900800. I want to remind everybody, by the way, if you go to CherylBesner.com, you can register on my database. This is completely free. And I want you to understand the connection of this. You become part of my matchmaking. And if I have a person looking to meet somebody like you and you're in that database, again, which is free, I get to connect you. But I also get to connect you with matchmakers all over the world because we all use that because we pull our resources together to try and find you the match because your match may not live in this city or the next one. It might be that person might be living in the next continent. So please go to my site and uh, put in your picture and the information and let's get you matched. So tonight we are being joined in studio by Lisa McKenzie from Blissonomics and David Bronstein also man about town and he's going to talk to us uh, very soon about some festival that he's working on for next weekend. So I just want to go back because you know your the title of your company is Blissonomics. And I did read an article and I, and I wanted to, to go into this a little bit because it was basically something that I was reading um, from Psychology Today and they were talking about what's really important when it comes to love and money. And when I read it, and the reason I took this one is because I really believe all of this to be true. And they were talking about what is really important. So it says, studies show you'll get more contentment from putting cash towards experiences like vacations than material things. You mentioned that before, mm-hmm. Lisa. Yeah. And David, you have two kids. Like, Do you both agree that the best thing we can do with our kids and our significant others is experience things together and see things together? Lisa? Those are the things that they remember. I mean, if I talk to my kids, they'll tell me, oh, remember when we went there? Remember when we did this? Remember when you know, this happened on vacation, the stuff that they want, those things that, you know, are, are all over their rooms. I think that's fleeting. The experience is what they remember. Right. And David, what well, do you think? Kids love materials, things like I, I brought Cheryl a fidget spinner today. She loves it. Yes, I, I, I have it here, sitting here in studio with me. Actually, I've but, always wondered what one of these would feel like. How long does that hand. last for? It doesn't last very long for a moment. And, you know, yeah. s- five seconds in a kid's, you know, in a kid's lifetime of, of happiness can make me clear that it can be forever, but it really isn't. I mean, yeah, I mean, kids want to go on vacations, but they, it's all monkey say, monkey do, because when they see their friends, and now that my daughter's mm-hmm. exposed to elementary school, they see their friends, oh, we went to Disney in the summer, or we did this, or we did that and the daddy how come we can't go to disney and you know you have to say well we can't we gotta say a we can't afford it or you know it's all also about the splitting the time with your mother and i because you know i'm week on week off right so there's also those things too but they want to be spoiled every kid still wants to be spoiled and it's when you can't do it you don't feel let down as a parent per se but you really do try to make them appreciate the better things in life than just going on a plane and seeing mickey mouse well i I think what they're talking about there is that it's more towards experiences doing things together rather than buying something And, and i happen to agree with that and i think in relationships you know buying an expensive gift for somebody that you're dating or that you're in a relationship with may not be as meaningful as 
taking them and doing something, for instance, if they love the ballet, to go to an outdoor concert um, where there's a ballet going on. I, I was just at uh, Jacob's Pillow in the, in the U.S., in the Berkshires. These are free outdoor things. They don't yeah. cost anything, right? So I think that's what this is talking about, is the experiences that we share. Um, also, spending on other people actually generates more happiness than splurging on yourself. I love to buy gifts and, and do things for other people or take them out for dinners or to concerts or recitals. Do you agree with that one? I, and it, yes, absolutely. And I think it's not just the act of buying something. I think it's the happiness that we see in their faces. I mean, we're planning a trip right now to go away. And my kids were so we're going on a cruise, my kids are so excited. And I pointed it out to my husband, I said, that's, that's why I love going on vacation, that excitement in their eyes. So it's it's the emotions that it brings up. And it's not just the things. I agree. Can I go? Yeah, go. Can I go? <laughs> you can see my face now. I'm excited. There you go. He wants to go on vacation with you. Lisa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Okay, um, I know I'll just run through it. They talked about building uh, social connections is one of the best and smartest investments that you'll be making. Lending out possessions can help you enjoy them more if you do have things. I love lending things out. And um, to stop obsessing over things that are not too important, um, such as making more money. Anyway, that's where that went. I um, want to say before we kind of say good night. I know, David, next week there's um, an event yes, that is. people can go out to and enjoy an experience. That is right. And there are and actually a lot of single people there too, Cheryl. So you never know. It could be... You know. And David will be there and he's single. Yeah. <laughs> it's called Strangers in the Night. It's been all over the air now. And uh, we've been doing it for 13 years. That's fantastic. Uh, Larry Day, who is the... Uh, creator of this event he's been doing it now for 13 years and it's very successful this year we have sticks performing and it has been a big hoopla we're almost sold out there are a couple of tables left you can go to strangersinthenight.ca to get your tables or evenco.ca uh, also it's for charity for three different charities we have uh, the refuge shelter for better women and we have the cure for sma and we have the miriam foundation so uh, it's uh, it's a great cause. Food is over 100 restaurants, and also of course sticks and a lot of people. Okay, that- amazing. And um, Saturday night. Uh, Saturday night is going to be a surprise. So we're, yep, I suggest everybody. Event. It's an all weekend that. affair, so everybody should come on the Saturday and see what we have in store for them. And also on the Sunday we have a kids festival, and all of it's going to be taking place at Fairview West Island and behind actually right behind Reno Depot. You have an empty parking lot. You'll see the tent set up. You can't miss it. It's going to be a great event. That's fantastic. Yeah, all, I can't all wait for also. All of this is going to be great events. And uh, by the way, I might be uh, doing a little pop-up there. That's doing right. some love blurb. So come on down and uh, look for me and uh, come join me. Sit in the front seat of my caddy and let's talk about love because that's what we do in the Cadillac. I want to thank both of you for coming in here tonight and uh, joining me in studio to talk about love and money. Now, people can reach you, Lisa, through your website. Yeah, at blissonomics.com or at lisamckenzie.com. And uh, I have to tell you, she's fantastic, like especially, and also social media. I mean, this woman taught us a lot tonight in studio about what we're not doing yet on social media. David, thank you so much for oh, coming my pleasure, in, Cheryl. sharing thank you your so stories much. with us and also for next weekend. 
It's uh, going it's going to be, be yeah. You guys got to go. It's going to be yeah. very exciting. Absolutely. You should yeah. go and, if you don't want to go on your cruise, you can come see us. <laughs> Remember to join me on my database. Um, we're looking forward to matching you up. Also, eight four four seven four four solo is my number. You can call me anytime because I look forward to talking about your love life with you. Next week we have dating dilemmas and the dish on dating with a panel. We'll see you then. And in the meantime, have a great night. Don't forget, keep it simply social because we all know it's all about the kiss. Cause I'ma take your word, I'ma hold you to it. Soon as you start stepping in the place, you put all of my 